0: This is the Red Sign Podcast, a deep dive into legacy wealth building through real estate. Welcome to the show. Welcome to the Red Sign Podcast. I'm Clay Winder. I'm Hayden Hewlett. It's good to be back with you. Welcome. We're here to talk about investing in real estate. Surprise, surprise, everybody. But this is the best one yet. Is it though? I think so. Because we're going to get down to a question that we get uh, all the time. And we really haven't talked about it nearly enough on this podcast. This one's a good one. The one, let me back up here. I know
1: the fastest or the the most listened to podcast we have is which one?
0: Oh, the one where we storytell. Whether the Josh, Powell, the Josh podcast Powell podcast and some of the stories, yeah. We we'll get back to those a, guys. But this consult- is like a fundamental. Like our listeners want to build wealth through real estate, right? We need a
1: consultant attorney about how much we can talk about because we clear we for sure have stories in real estate. Show oh, they're games, coming. Hey, listen, now. guys,
0: we've got Halloween around the corner. We're gonna talk about the haunted house that we we purchased and flipped. Yeah. We've had murders in houses, and that's not Josh Powell, we've had others. We're going to talk about those. So, you this is a little teaser for the Halloween. We're going to have multiple October Halloween episodes gonna coming up. Dark, it's going to get dark. Okay. Oh yeah. Well, let's bring light to it eventually. Too. Yeah, well, let's talk about making money first. I like. Let's that. actually talk about safe place. I shouldn't say safe, but but how to choose where you want to park your cash in real estate. I what that. I mean by that is the age-old question of, "Hey, I finally have a little money, whether I earned it through the the equity of appreciation, or, or whatnot. And that classic question of what's the best thing to go out and buy? Like, what do I go buy? I've got this money. And like, where do I start? Do I buy a condo? Do I buy a townhome? Do I buy a single family home? Do I buy a single family home with a mother-in-law apartment? Do I buy a multifamily? duplex, triplex, fourplex, or do I go big, which is for you, which is above four units. So I go buy an apartment building. That's five units plus, or do I go buy commercial? Do I buy office? Do I buy industrial? Do I buy? <laughs>
1: well, I love,
0: do I buy the Dallas Cowboys?
1: This is super selfish that I love this topic. I love it for two reasons. One, mm-hmm. I'm in the process of doing yeah, a and doing a cash out where I'm pulling some cash out for an investment property that I'm purchasing. Um, and I'd love to talk about that and that just, Give some information on it. I think with over the past year, we've talked about this a little bit. But over the past year, everybody that owns a home—if you have one home—you've gotten at least a hundred thousand in equity. Right. It, it doesn't matter where you live; just about it, as long as, if you're in Utah or Salt Lake County, if you're in America right now, you've you got a hundred grand. <laughs> yeah, you got a hundred thousand dollars. Now, if you have ten homes, guess what? You just made a million dollars last year. Correct. Is that crazy? That's like, not crazy. That's reality. Well, it's reality, but it's crazy because normal growth is 4 to 6% and we just experienced 20, 30% growth right. in a year, which we know isn't normally that would have taken long-term. 6 years and it was expedited into about a 9-month period. Yeah. yeah. And our next podcast or one of them coming up, we should talk about that graph that Gary Keller talked about. Oh, for by sure, he will. Well, just yeah. as a side note. But um anyway, go well,
0: ahead. Well, so I guess here's my so I to talk about this, I want to talk about I call it flavor sometimes, you know, when you have kind of a uh, you know, a a non-investor, you know, somebody that's a little newer or whatnot, somebody that comes in and says, Hey, I'm a little bit more amateur at this. What do we do? You know, which one do I pick? Or the classic question is which one's best? You know, I've got this money. I just got that hundred grand equity. I just refinanced or did a HELOC to access the equity. Now, which one do I go buy? Which one's the best? And that's a loaded question because there is no best. I call it flavors. People like chocolate. People like vanilla. You might like Rocky Road. I don't know, but let's talk about flavors. You know, and there might be some statisticians and some, you know, some really, some other investors that really get into no, that's not true, Clay. There is best. Well, sure. The bigger you go, generally, the better returns, right? You get up into the big shopping centers and big commercial buildings, you're going to get a better cap rate, opposed to down to just like your basic condo, right? Your basic condo. The the numbers might not be as good, but there's still reasons why I could argue that that could be a better choice for certain, certain people. So the first principle that I want to talk about that is never talked about is something that I had an aha on in my investment journey. And that is buying stuff that you actually are proud of. And then you like and you want to show off. Like there, there are there are certain properties that I love showing off. Someone said, "Hey, show me some of your revs. i be like, "Oh, check out this condo or check out this townhome or this house that I own. You know, it's it's pretty. I like it. Here's what's cool about it. You know, I like to show it off. But I'll tell you what, that I, I I've talked about it before, but I've got I bought that fourplex and I've since sold it that I did not like. It. I bought a fourplex because it, it had uh, set rents, meaning I had refugees that were on a government program that was paying their rent. I was like, well, that's a no brainer, right? That's perfect, but the, the location and the quality and the age of the home, I just didn't quite understand fully the project that I was buying. Mm-hmm. And it was Home Depot run after Home Depot run after literally a dumpster fire. And, <laughs> and, and I got tagged the spray paint. It was just a little too rough. And I realized real quick, I wasn't super excited about just the property. It just wasn't fun. There is an element to investing in real estate that should be fun. You should have pride in your product. You should have fun. And so I kind of hit that moment where I said, you know what? I don't think I want to own anything that I personally wouldn't want to live in and have a little pride while living there. Is this
1: one of your first per- first rental properties? Yeah, that was bought? kind of in the early days. Yeah, Because you guys just bought another fourplex not too long ago. It's one under construction
0: and it's, that one's brand new. Okay. yeah, So you guys haven't closed on that one yet. We closed on the construction loan. Yes, we, okay. we own it. It's just under construction. Cool. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess long story short, and I just had this conversation with some investors yesterday. That's why it's fresh on my mind, right? They, they asked this exact question, what's best? And I said, well, you guys have got to figure out what's your flavor. And so that breaks it down to, And this is the, the part that you're going through in life right now. And that is, okay, I've, I've got access to my equity. Do I want the townhome condo route or the single family? We heard a recent podcast from uh, the property manager, Devin, that said, Hey, it's, it's, it's single family homes. It's all about single family homes, which I get it. That's your vanilla flavor, right? It's like, especially your Rambler, three bedrooms on the main, two bath on the main, two car garage, brick, rambler on the wasatch front that is the like that is the staple you'll always find renter renters you'll always have it's just very easy but there's an argument to be made do you like condo townhome with a homeowners association that maintains the landscaping and makes it a little more hands-free or do you like the single family where you actually can control that but either the renter or you have to maintain yard and maintenance on the exterior of the property which one's better it comes down to you, the investor, right? Like, what, what do you want? And so the question I asked yesterday when we were in this consultation was, how hands-on do you want to be? If you're willing and, and excited to be a little hands-on, um, go for the single-family home and go for an older one where you can build some sweat equity. You know, sweat equity is just that, right? It's, it's building value through your own hard work, through your own sweat. And so if you buy the older home that might need a little remodel here, or there, and every year you've got a project, you can build good equity, but it it's requires time and energy. When I started to cut you off, but just backing up a little bit, like I, when I think of someone like you
1: that's gotten into real estate, that has bought single-family homes, condos, townhomes, you own all those and all the above. Fourplex? Do you guys still have a duplex? Yes. So you have duplexes, and then you guys just closed on a commercial property in West Jordan, South Jordan, South Jordan. And so now you're dabbling in commercial. You 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 talk about like these flavors, but you've kind of started to dabble in all of it. And I think it's just a matter of like um whether your flavor is vanilla or it's not like at the end of the day is like what can you afford and and what's the cash flow look like
0: well and there's and the let's talk about the the real reason why i have such a variety is also sometimes you can't control it sometimes it's whatever deal come whatever deal you find yeah. And then you, then right. Like, you so it's like the it. commercial one, like, yeah, we kind of sought after it, but it, we, when we found it, it was like, Hey, this actually looks really good. This is a little different. I mean, it's got a drive through in it. It's got a little retail. I've never done anything like that. But when we reviewed it, we thought these have really good numbers. This is really good. And we're into new, new construction. Let's build this. And so we chased
1: it. And I know it's probably a little bit early, but like now that you've dabbled in that new construction, you got, I know you guys are just closing on it or just closed on it, but how does that how does that project look for you guys? Is this something that that looks like it'll be way better than your residential stuff that you own, or you? Can yes, because it's bigger. Okay.
0: Yes, because it's bigger. And remember, and commercial. One of the huge values with commercials is your leases are five, seven, and ten year signed mm. leases with with rent increases baked into that lease already. So once you have your leases set, you're like you're good to go. I mean, some of these leases we have are seven and ten years. Mm. So that's nice. Whereas residential, you're always one year. You might get a two year, but usually you do a year one year. year and then you you do year to year and, and do it from there. So, yeah, I mean, it's uh, and and again, some of my best rentals, like if I were to look at my whole portfolio and kind of my whole investment journey, I'm not going to knock on the little beat up properties that did require a lot of my sweat equity and a lot of work. Those are what propelled me and put me in the position to buy a commercial property. I wouldn't have been able to fund that if it wasn't for these older properties. But there was a time and a season of my life that I had the energy and manpower and sweat to actually go put in these properties. Right now, that's not really high priority for me. I'd rather have something that the numbers might not be quite as as, as big as that single family home built in the seventies, but it's a more set it and forget it. I own multiple condos right now. I've, I've just closed on a couple other properties just this year that I went through like the final walkthrough. I got the appliances in. I even myself did a little sweat equity. I put in the hardware in the cabinets, the kitchen hey, cabinets, hey, hey, nice. me myself drilled in <laughs> the hardware, put it all in. But once I... <laughs> Have the really hardware in
1: compared to what you had right? me a
0: Sunday afternoon. Yeah. I know you, I know
1: you've done a lot more work than that. On <laughs> but your I
0: put in right? the <laughs> hardware, got the appliances, got it all cleaned up. And like literally the tenants are now in, I probably will not visit the inside of that property for years, literally years with an S on the end. Cause the property manager will do little check-ins and little visits, but unless there's like a major repair, which because it's new, there's not, that's what I define as kind of a set it and forget a property. Again, may not have the best numbers as the single family home with the mother-in-law apartment that, I'm, you know, the non-conforming duplex that I'm renting, but it's hands-free. Yeah. But that's not right for everyone. That's why when it comes down to this question, you've got to figure out what you want, what's your flavor. And if you say, actually, I'd rather kind of get a little bit more cash flow, maybe a little bit more accelerated appreciation through a fixer upper, then that's where we say, well, let's set up our search for one of these older homes that has a mother-in-law apartment or the potential of a mother-in-law apartment, or just a single family home in general. And we do chase that. Um, negatives, of course, that, that come with these mother-in-law apartments, and you're going to hear us talk about a lot, is if you can't rent those to two unrelated families, right? Mm-hmm. That's non-conforming. That's why we use the term non-conforming. Is you're essentially treating it like a duplex, but a duplex is is zoned multi-family, so two families in a duplex, whereas a single-family home with an accessory apartment. Uh, requires that you, the homeowner, occupy the property. Therefore, it is an accessory to you, an accessory apartment. Hmm. And we talked about this on the last episode, but I want to make sure everybody's crystal clear. The state of Utah passed that blanket law that said cities cannot restrict at the limit they have been accessory apartments. They've got to allow them. So those are very attractive but again if you're not living there and you're you're renting to two unrelated families you're 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 out of ordinance you're you're in non complying but it's enforcement by complaint again enforcement by complaint so if you can eliminate the complaints which are always parking and sound you yeah. can get the parking you can keep the parties down you'll fly under the radar and we did that even, not to put ourselves on the map and we don't have renters
1: anymore but that's how we got away with it i think where we live is we added some, an extra parking pad more, so we tore out grass yep. and put cement down and it's not a legal accessory apartment. Broke the law, probably just a little. Well, keep in mind the ordinances. And we had no problems because we kept people off the street and they were good and it was small and it wasn't a huge deal. Yeah. But yeah.
0: People probably hate it when I say this, but I do look at ordinances different than laws. Right, like ordinances protect people's Thank property you. rights and yeah. whatnot, but it's like, oh, you broke the law, like you know, you you, you were out of ordinance. compliance with the ordinance. Spirit of the law. <laughs> Spirit of <the> law. <laughs> well, I guess, and I'm not, you know, I'm not advocating for for breaking ordinance. I'm just saying ordinances are they they. They ebb and flow and they change and this, you know, and they totally, you know, you'll have some ordinances on parts of a city that say nightlies are outlawed, kind of like an HOA would, and then other neighborhoods that say, no, actually we we don't have an ordinance that stops it. And and all that takes is you and your neighbors going down to your next, you know, planning and zoning meeting and 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 changing the ordinance and send that to city council and change your city's ordinance, you know, so that stuff can that stuff can happen. But generally speaking, like be kind to your neighbors. Nobody wants to be next to the rental house, you know, that has parties and people parked on on the front lawn and and a used car lot every night on the street because there's just so many bodies packed into a single family home. So be a responsible landlord. So you've got your money. Why? What? What? You're you're buying. You're gonna pursue another property. Why'd you choose a condo?
1: So for me, it came down to two. It is a condo, right? Just so our listeners, you're you're pursuing a condo as we speak. So right behind our Killer Williams building, I don't know if they still have availability or not. If they're sold out, I don't have. If if, if sold out, they're sold out. Yeah. Um. So I put that that condo under contract in March for, and I bought an investor unit. So it cost me ten thousand dollars more. It's a two bed, one bath, uh, barely under a thousand square feet. Tiny little condo. Um, and I, I'm paying two two thirty five for it. Mm-hmm. And I it really just came down to budget and cash flow. I just know that I know how rents are in this area. And I figured by the time they got finished building it I'd have the equity in it, which they're so far delayed at this point, they're supposed to be done here in the next couple of months and they haven't even started building yet,
0: which to me doesn't matter as long as they don't cancel my contract. No, It's a huge a win. I was going to say the the, <laughs> yeah. the, the caution I'm, I have is, are they really going to fulfill their contract? Are they going to change the price on you? Which yeah. we, Which that has happened. Hopefully I that's all out. behind us, but that yeah.
1: has happened a lot this year. The one we heard that they canceled had never actually gone under contract.
0: They didn't get their earnest money never in. Never
1: turned their earnest money yep. in. So I signed too. and got my earnest money in right away. Um, I do need to re-review the contract because it's been a few months, but I haven't heard anything canceling on me or raising pricing or anything like that. Well, so. you
0: said something smart, and that was that you followed budget. You do, you do, know, People do have constraints, right? There's a big difference between, hey, Clay and Hayden, I've got $60,000 to invest compared to, hey, I've got $120,000 to invest. Um, or the, the young couple that says, Hey, we've saved up 15 grand. Can we make something happen with 15 grand through a house hacking will occupy it or something. Those yeah. are all different. And that's, that's going to guide this conversation as well. Most of the time, if you're going to buy that home built in the seventies, single family home or whatnot, you need to be more near the hundred thousand cause you're going to need that 20% down. And you're probably going to want to preserve some cash yeah. and set it aside for some fix-ups. So you kind of need to be in the hundred thousand dollar range at this point in Utah. Yeah. And that's why it was the least
1: expensive condo I've seen come on the market in this yeah, area they're two bedrooms and they're now. brand new. I'm like, well, I'm going to just jump on that and turn my earnest money in. And if something happens, I'll just, I can back out. Worst case, I'm out 1500 bucks, but I think I can even get that back. But right now with the way rents and we've no, talked about a this deal. a little bit, rents are going, they're hiking up so high. I sent that, I actually sent that article to the team yesterday that was on KSL right. talking about rents jumping at lots of percentages and where you're seeing it in your rentals. And Devon.
0: Right. And we're just starting that. Rents are all going to go up because they're the lag measure to the pricing. Yeah. The so pricing my ca- boom that we had. So my cash
1: flow looks even better. And I just thought, okay, we can, and what we're learning too is that so there's local there's a local credit union, Mac, Mac U, MacU, M A C U, that does 10% down investor loans. The challenge with those are that it's really tough to cash flow with 10% down. Right. And the more we talk to lenders as we're helping an investor right now purchase a condo here in Vineyard. They've they've realized that they they did find a good lender that'll keep their rate lower. But if they if they put twenty five percent down versus twenty percent down, it actually adjusts their rate so much more that their cash flow could be quite a bit better, right? Or totally. Not. So at twenty five percent, twenty percent sauce. Yeah, and so that's way. what I've learned too. The past few months is like, okay, I was planning on twenty, but now I'm really planning on twenty five percent to take advantage of that. Yeah yeah and that makes sense anyway so and long term here in Orem, i just figure if my kids go to school here or something they can live in it or right and they if go it to it'll in, in
0: 10 years and I'll sell it <laughs> totally so <laughs> well then let's let's then let's kind of end then too with the everybody thinks you know the perfect uh you know the perfect rental are always the multifamily the duplexes triplexes and fourplexes let's just address really quick the fact that those are like the most elusive of everything on the Wasatch Front. We just don't have them. We just don't have them. I mean, they pop up. They're out there, but they are so rare. If somebody says, hey, I want a duplex in Salt Lake County or Utah County or Davis County or somewhere, they're out there, but it's like we might see one pop up you know every two or three weeks and that one might not be great and again they're they're valued higher because they're legal multi-family units but they are rare it's just very easy for people to say ah just of course why would i want a duplex i can live in half and rent out the other half like sure i get all that they just are so hard they're so stinking hard to find and all of the new construction that's being built they're just not for sale products most of those being built are the investors that are building from the ground up to keep long-term. Yeah. So it is hard. Now, again, I don't want to discourage our listeners. They're out there. We can keep an eye on it. But if that's your, if you're putting all your eggs in that basket, it might take a while before we actually find and win. Cause they're so competitive. Yeah. The you know, price can win one.
1: Yeah. To your point, like it, it almost makes sense. If you can find a lot, like you had last year, that Go lot that mm-hmm. you ended up flipping. Um, the, uh, you're all, it may not be a bad idea to look at new construction like you're doing with your fourplex like new construction to duplex, right
0: you know? but man, I got so lucky that was not on the open market that was a you know a broker to broker, friend to friend caught wind of it, like Natted they're up. just yeah. yeah, yeah, you'll find more more single family homes with accessory apartments you'll find more of those than you will duplexes, but if you already know, well, I'm never going to live in it, so I'm literally on day one i'm going to be non conforming. Uh, you know, it's not the end of the world, but you you're just, you'll always have that threat of the city knocking on your door saying, Hey, we've had a report. You're out of compliance. We need to bring you into ordinance. Yeah. And then you're dealing dealing with that. So I I don't love recommending that, you know, but at the end of the day, those have the best numbers because you're getting a multifamily unit for single family pricing, you know, so it gets a little, gets a little tricky. So let's, let's wrap up with, with I guess what I said at the beginning, that is choose your flavor and be proud of it. You know, I I can't answer that question always for people and they say, what's the best one to pursue? I'd say ask yourself the following questions. Number one, how much cash do you have? Like what's that investment? Because it's if it's little, a lot, that'll open up the different the different options that you have, just like we talked about with your condo versus if you had a bunch more cash, we might try to go get something a little bigger. So number one is how much cash you want to invest. Number two is how much time and effort do you want to put into it? Do you want to have Home Depot runs or do you want to set it and forget it? Make that decision. If you're like, well, why wouldn't everyone just want to set it and forget it? No, no, no. There's something fun. About buying a fixer upper where you do Home Depot projects. I did that for a decade. And I'll be honest, like, I kind of got excited for the weekends because I was like, hey, this weekend I'm putting in a new floor, right? I'm, mm-hmm. I'm building a kitchen. I built multiple kitchens and it's this. And I loved IKEA because it's the closest thing to Legos for adults. <laughs> and you all know how I feel about Legos. So, really yes, yeah, like so. I love putting together ikea kitchens because it's playing legos and building wealth in the back of my mind i'm like hey i'm like building value and i did build value love to do a podcast at your new house in your lego room Am have my, oh those, boy. Right? Right, how yeah. would you yeah. just tell the whole world about my Lego collection while we're at it? I'm stoked. I
1: can't wait. Let me ask you this last question. I know we're <laughs> short on time. So if, if my dad wants to partner up with me on this condo, because we've had some conversations, I have a sister getting married that may want to rent it. And he's like, actually, I might want to go in on that with you. If I were to, if I were to say, Hey dad, yeah, that sounds great. Let's buy this together. It's, it goes in my name, but he puts the down payment down or splits the down payment with me or something. Mm-hmm. How would you recommend
0: just as friend to friend chatting here? How would you recommend doing that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We might want to dive into a whole episode the more I think about how many directions that can go. But the first thing I would just ask yourself is remember that partnerships are are not great. Like my general advice is that partnerships are the most failed business model out there. Sure. Um, But they do work. I'm in partnerships on multiple properties. Like I I get it. But my first recommendation always don't have a partner. Don't like, because okay. because then it leads to the question of, well, why do you need the partner? Like, what are you both bringing to the table? Now I've got lots of friends that are saying, yeah, I, I do need a partnership because there's multiple things we're bringing the table. One person's going to bring the ability to qualify for the loan and the other is going to be the cash. That happens all the time. I see so many father and son, kid and mom, you know parent and, and child, and they buy these because the kids will get the loan in their name because they've got nice, clean, maybe no loans. You know, they've got nice, clean credit. Um, they just don't have cash. But mom and dad say, well, we've got a nest egg build up. We'll provide the cash. You go get the loan. Let's buy it together. I think it's great. It, 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 it could really be a great option. Um, the tricky thing is how do you protect one another in that ownership? The default answer that's, that's kind of the most common, of course, is you go create that LLC, and the governing documents of the LLC, you know, the article or the operating agreement really will spell out you own it 50-50 or you own it 70-30. My very first deal was with me, my cousin, and my cousin's dad, my uncle. And so we were 40-40-20. Me and my cousin were the 240s, but my uncle was the 20. And mm-hmm. we rode that for a few years until we restructured it and, and and bought him out. So, But you've got to ask yourself, like, what why do you need your dad? Like, is it the money? Is he going to bring some credit that you don't have to the table? Um, Also like that's a pretty small deal to share. It might not be worth the drama of, of, creating a shared company and all of that over it. Um, I recently just learned this is kind of a bunny trail, but this is, I'm excited to report on this. I I'm in this scenario with, with my nephew and where we bought a condo together where I provided the cash, he provided the loan, we own it 50, 50. And um, we're saying, okay, well, do we create a whole new company just for this one thing? And I said, well, if we're going to do this long-term like, yeah, let's do the LLC. That's the easiest thing. But our strategy might be fairly short term, either I'm buying them out or we're selling all together. Um, And knowing that I went on a quest last week of of figuring out, well, is there a better way to do it than just your typical LLC? And I did discover one. I discovered that you can record a note against a property, you know, just like a mortgage note Mm -hmm. that instead of saying, hey, you owe a fixed price, you can actually just spell it out to owe a percentage. Mm -hmm. And then you can secure that note with a deed of trust. And so that's what I talked to them just yesterday and said, Hey, why don't we do this? Why don't we just keep it in your name or we can move it to my LLC? It doesn't really matter. But then the other half of us, let's just simply have the title company record a note, secure it with a deed of trust. And then I got the legal language and it's very simple. It just says that what's owed is, is 50% of the equity, you know, after the net sale, Mm -hmm. you know, after, after it sells, whatever the net is. And it's, you know, it's a little more attorney worded than that, but it is pretty basic. And that's it. And I thought, well, that's great. That saves us from doing taxes on an LLC. And that saves us from setting up this whole business. Of course, it still leaves somebody, whoever's on title, you know, has to manage the HOA account and manage the mm-hmm. um, the taxes, the mortgage, the rent, the property manager, you know, we still have to have kind of the operation side of thing. Um, but it's it's quite simple. So that's what we're going to mm-hmm. explore doing that. So that might be something you look like to, Hey dad, instead of buying this condo in an LLC, maybe we'll just record a note and that secures your position. But again, ask yourself, why do I need a partner? Yeah, because there is an element of like, well, why don't he, he go get his property, you go get your property and you can collaborate, talk together and maybe hire the same property manager and the same handyman and kind of do it together. But when it comes down to it, do you own the properties you know, separately or something like that. Yeah, figure that out. But that is a good question. You know, back to my list of like, ask yourself, ask yourself, like, are you buying this property with a spouse or are you buying it with with a brother? Are you buying it all by yourself? Like, I think that will guide that conversation, too, because then you've got to answer the question of are you united on your mission? Like your goal with that property? What's your exit strategy? Every rental property that I that I'm pursuing, of course, you always ask yourself, "What's my exit strategy? Is my is my goal here just long term cash flow, or is it kind of a short term? I'm going to build those IKEA kitchens, fix it up, build the equity, and do like a a bur, you know, a buy renovate." you know, refinance rent? Um, Or am I going to flip it? Maybe it's a slow flip where it takes you two years to flip it. You have renter. Like, what is your exit strategy? Because that's going to guide this conversation as well. Like, you're not going to do a quick flip on a brand new condo. That's not, you're not going to have the equity, you know, but would you do that on a single family home built in the 70s? Sure. Yeah. But yeah, answer that question of partners with, well, what's our exit strategy and are we united? Because yeah. if you're going to own this condo, clear to the point your kids are going to UVU, we're talking, you know, 16, 20 years from now. I have a 14-year-old. Well, I know, but you've also got a tiny little baby too. Yeah, I know. So, I'm in trouble, dude. I don't know what we're doing. But yeah, if your dad's like, no, no, I don't want to be like <laughs> owning this random condo in 20 years, then maybe that's not a good partnership. Yeah. Cool. He's really young too, so maybe he will be. That's true. I'm pretty sure your dad's only like eight years older than you. So. Yeah. He's
1: got some, it's at, least, at least what he looks like. Good genetics. Yeah. Good right. Stuff. Well, um, for whatever it's worth, I just I'll close with this. I know we're over time. I got my home. I'm doing a, re, a cash out refinance. Congratulations. We're paying, what you. we're teaching on this podcast. I did. Um, I purchased my home in 2014 in Salem, Utah for for 310 thousand dollars, and twenty thousand of that went towards the landscape that we did in our yard. Right. Um. We paid three ten out the door. It just appraised seven years later, seven and a half years later, for six twenty seven.
0: You're just so proud of that. I, I should it, be it,
1: seriously. I know I'm a real estate agent, and I know I run It so blows your
0: mind that your house doubled in seven years. Yes,
1: <laughs> it freaking does. It really does, and I know we 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 finish our basement, which actually doesn't add that much value. Yeah, but it helps. It helps. We have a walkout. We have we have the we have the mother-in-law apartment, which I think helped us too. But Mm -hmm. we have space. It's and it just shocks. It it just shocked me because I was like, maybe we'll get sixes, you know. And it's funny how I'd love on another on an episode to talk about appraisers and appraisals and how they work and how they
0: and how they sometimes don't work. Yeah,
1: like like (laughs) I've I've had appraisals come in like lower, and I'm like, crap! Like, why is this so much lower? Like. sometimes I wonder if appraiser's approach a refi differently, or I would like to know how much, how differently they approach it, like a refinance versus a new We'll get one on the podcast. That would be awesome. We'll we'll interview an appraiser on here. Anyway, so if if you are in an, If you're listening to this podcast, you probably want to invest. And if you already have a property, you should have enough cash, at least in in equity in your to go do another one to go do it. Like hit us up. Well, that's fun. It's
0: been fun to have some of our listeners reach out to us just from listening to these saying, Hey, how do I get that hundred grand out of my house? Let's do this. We've got yeah. quite a few doing it right now. It's awesome. And dude, my, my by the way, I paid yeah. off, this is super personal, but I don't care. Yeah, Do you want to just get naked while you're yeah, on the podcast? I'm going to take too? off all my clothing here. Financially we, naked. Yeah. I'm talking about financially. So
1: naked. we, we <laughs> refinanced, paid off a hundred thousand dollar HELOC that we used to live off of for a little while and pay and uh, finish our basement really is what the mm-hmm. majority of it went to. We just lowered our, our rate, a full percentage I'm down to like two point nine nine percent on a rate right now. So my payment essentially is staying the exact same. But you
0: got all that debt. Worst case, but consolidated, all all consolidated everything is it's pretty awesome. Yeah. It's been probably the biggest blessing to most Americans the last well, I shouldn't say Americans, I should say homeowners. Yeah. (laughs) Over the last year. So and we can rent out our basement again, pay more than half our mortgage
1: if we wanted to. Like we have, we're in a really good spot. Now, of course, I, I don't want to have the idea is to pay the home off eventually. Sure, sure, sure. That's my own strategy, but anyway.
0: But it's fun to be participating in this legacy wealth journey that we're like beating on the drum on this I love podcast it. It episodes. Is fun. Yeah. Okay, join us next time for another deep dive into investing in real estate. Thanks guys. You've been listening to the Red Sign Podcast, a deep dive into legacy wealth building through real estate. See you next time.